Hi, welcome to the Box Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Mel McKay. This podcast was recorded on October 6th. It was before we took it to the national platforms. But we have a very special guest, Jim Cummings, the voice of Tigger, Pooh, and Darkwing Duck. Hope you enjoy it. The Box Officer, Derek Zemrak. How are you doing this week? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, Theaters took a big hit this week with uh, Regal Cinemas announcing that they are closing all theaters across the country because the studios are no longer releasing the big movies. Uh, Once again, uh, the uh, No Time to Die, the James Bond movie, got pushed again Mm -hmm. till now, April 2021. So that only leaves Wonder Woman uh, for Christmas so far or Coming to America, uh, the sequel to Coming to America, (laughs) with a a numeric two in the middle (laughs) instead of T-O. But I think they're all going to be pushed, and uh, Regal Cinemas announced uh, on Friday that they will be closing all of their theaters this week. So that's a scary thing for movie theaters. And then AMC, the largest chain in the United States. Regal Cinema has 543 cinemas, by the way. Okay. Not, Not screened. Number of you know, oh <laughs> my gosh, AM, AMC, which is the largest, actually, they announced that they have six more months of liquidity and then because they're in bankruptcy. And at that point, they may be closing up shops. So I did say in the beginning that independent theaters have a better chance than the multiplexes, but we won't go there. <laughs> right. I'm hoping too. like I'm sitting here going, oh, my gosh, if that's what's happening there. I'm hoping, you know, everything you guys are doing at the Arenda Theater and, of course, at Vine Cinema and Ale House in Livermore, oh, yeah. everything that they've done um, to stay afloat. I applaud. And if you can donate, donate. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, that's the thing is that community theaters like Divine and the Arenda and the, you know, the Alameda Theater, all mm-hmm. those, you know, little, you know, independent theaters, and they're the community assets, you know, and people love them, and that's why I think they're getting more support than the, the big multiplexes. But anyways, let's talk movies, Yay! because I actually saw a new movie this week. We Talk have a new that. movie this week? What? <laughs> we have a new movie. What? <laughs> the War with Grandpa. The studios are now sending the links to, uh, not that there's going to be any more, but movies. <laughs> 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 releases and it starts this Friday in theaters and there are theaters that are open Blackhawk is is open Walnut Creek is open uh-huh. you do have an opportunity to see this I'm sure they're going to be playing this it's called the the, the war with grandpa and aging grandfather uh, Robert De Niro moves into his daughter's home and her teenage son Peter must move into the attic <laughs> I would have loved that as a kid moving to the yeah. attic you know but yeah. not Peter he doesn't like the idea because he has to give up his uh, bedroom to his grandfather to be on the first floor this upsets him, and he declares war on his grandfather. So this movie is actually directed by Tim Hill, who was a director, developer, and writer of uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. So he knows that young audience, and I think he really hit it well. Uh, this is a great cast. It has Robert De Niro, Uma Thurman, Cheech Marin, no. uh, Jane Seymour, and Christopher Walken. So, I mean, great cast. The best way to describe this movie, I would say, would be Home Alone meets Uncle Buck. Okay? Oh, okay. We know from the 80s what that means, right? <laughs> yes. You know, you have a little slapstick comedy, and you got a little heart-wrenching uh, little story between the grandfather and the son uh, towards the end, which we all know is coming. But anyways, the movie will play well with youngsters who get a lot of laughs. I think it's a cute family film, and it was also good to finally see some 
something new. So I recommend if you are going to go to the theaters, you know, be cautious. Take, take, you know, make all your precautions mm-hmm. before you go. But uh, this is a, a cute film uh, to take the kids. It's rated PG. It's very clean, little fun, and uh, I think, think you'll enjoy it if, if you are going to the movies. So. Are you going to give us a slate? Oh, that's right. Remember? God, I forgot about that. I did that. Oh, my gosh. Well, I do five slates. I'm going to give this a two and a half slates, you know, okay. because it, it, it is very kiddish. But I think, you know, if I had a, if I had a, a grandchild, I would take the kid to it. So. Okay. All right. Two yeah. and a half out of five slates for The War with Grandpa. Right. <laughs> okay. So the next two movies that we'll be doing, actually, um, we actually are going to be talking about two Disney films. We're on a family family uh, mode today, and also we're going to talk about the Tigger movie and also Christopher Robin. These both voiced by the, the amazing Jim Cummings, who actually vote, voices Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, and he's been doing it for years, and we're going to have him on to talk a little bit about his career. So let's talk about the Tigger movie, okay? This came out in 2000, and... <clears throat> Tigger, he loved to jump and bounce around, and everyone, everyone, all of his friends, you know, Pooh and then Eeyore, they don't want to jump around, and the rabbit, you know, he, you know, Tigger jumps on her house and destroys the house, and she's mad at him. So Tigger decides he's going to go look for his own new friends, or hopefully find a family in Thousand Acre Woods. And uh, this was actually originally going to be a direct-to-video, okay? A Disney, but when when Disney's executives saw the finished product, they said hey, this is really good. Let's put this in theaters. And you know what? It became the highest-grossing Winnie the Pooh movie released until the Christopher Robin movie in 2018, okay? (laughs) This is a fun family film for the young and the young at heart. And, you know, who doesn't like Pooh and Tigger? I mean, come on, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about uh, Christopher Robin, which came out in 2008. Now, this is an, an adult version of Christopher Robin when he's older and is played by Ewan McGregor and he's in the, he's a working class you know man and uh, he's dealing with you know problems that everybody has as an adult and when he reconnects with his childhood friend Winnie the Pooh who is voiced by Jim Cummings mm-hmm. uh, who helps him to discover the joys of life. And this is a wonderful family film. Uh, it's rated um, PG and um, this one that will make you want to have those old teddy bears that you used to have or your old toys because it's how important they are because it is a part of you and a part of your life and a part of your memories. And this movie really brings it to you. And this movie was nominated for an Oscar in 2019 for Best Achievement in Visual Arts. It's a real treat to watch, and it's going to bring you back to your childhood. So those are two great movies that I recommend uh, to watch with the kids and the grandkids with the kids, whoever, just watch these movies you'll enjoy it. And both of them, the two highest grossing Winnie the Pooh movies ever, were both voiced by Jim Cummings. Tell us yeah. how you came about getting him to call our podcast, Derek. That's pretty <laughs> right. cool. Well, see, what happened is, um, you know, I have always felt, because I, I did make an animated film that took numerous years. It's still not out. It's coming out hopefully shortly. And uh, when I worked with these voice talented people, I, Jim was not in the movie, but of the people that I did work with, I was like, going, these people are extremely talented, and they don't get recognized. So I decided that I was going to create the Voice Over Actors Hall of Fame at the Arinda Theater. And it's amazing. We actually were going to be doing it live in person in (laughs) April of last year. Excuse me, May. Uh, But that obviously didn't happen. So we decided, you know what, we're still going to launch the Hall of Fame. I have a 
you know, a really nice memorabilia collection of animation cells and all this great stuff. And uh, so we are launching this Saturday the VoiceOver Hall of Fame inaugural um, year. We're actually inducting Mel Blanc, June Foray, May Crostell, and Dawes Butler uh, as the older pioneers uh, that have passed away. And then we also are honoring Pat Carroll, the legendary character Ursula. She voiced yes. Ursula. She's 93 years old. You're going to hear an interview with her. It's great. And then we also have Jim Cummings, who is the living legend that will be inducted into the Hall of Fame on Saturday. Now, this is a great event. We're actually doing at Amos Studios because we need a virtual studio right. in Livermore. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, we have Leonard Malton, the film historian, yeah. uh, who's going to be there. We have a Tremendous amount of uh, current, uh, you know, who, who's who of voiceover actors, Tara Strong, Debbie Derryberry, Bob Bergen. We have Mel Blank's son, Noel Blank, who took over for his father doing all the voices for years. Oh. I mean, it's a wonderful event. It's all going to be free streaming on our Facebook page at Arenda Theater and also uh, the um, Voiceover Actors Hall of Fame Facebook page and also on the voiceover hall of fame website so that is so awesome that. such a great yeah. idea thank you for doing that uh so yeah, now they it's need time... to be recognized yeah of course they do so now it's time <laughs> to call him hello hi is this jim yes it is hi jim good morning, good morning. how are you sir well i'm just fine i think <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sitting here on the couch Waiting for you guys to call, so I'm glad we, we're all together. Me too. This is very exciting. Uh, first off, congratulations on being honored. And Derek, thank you so much for putting together this great award that highlights the voiceover actors, which we get so much joy from you guys. But it's true. We wouldn't recognize you if you were at our local coffee shop. Yeah, could be. That's right. Plus, I'm always in disguise. <laughs> You know. I love that. So, Jim, I was just curious. Like, as a radio personality, we get schooled on copyright issues probably once a week, it seems like. And doing the voices of some of these massive, iconic characters like you do, I'm curious. Like, what happens? Is Does that contract say you can't do the voice of, of Tigger unless you're under contract or recording something for the movie? Sorry if that's a really weird question, but I just had no. to ask you. No, 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 not at all. It's uh, it's not a problem. I mean, you know, I, I do, uh, I've called kids on their birthday Aww. for my friends and things like that, you know. And, uh, you know, I end up being kind of, I'm kind of a spontaneous guy anyway. You know, Tigger could pop up at any time and bounce across the room. So you never know. Uh, and it's not a big deal. I mean, everyone gets a kick out of it. And, and, it's, and it's not like I'm uh, putting out a independent production using Disney characters in my own independent cartoon or something like that. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's all, you know, it's all in good fun. I love that. So, so Jim, we had actually reviewed two of your movies earlier on, on air, uh, the Tigger movie and uh, Christopher Robin. And the Tigger movie was the highest grossing Winnie the Pooh movie before the Christopher Robin movie in 2018. How does that make you feel that you oh, actually gosh. did the voices of both of those films? Yeah, well, you know, I didn't even know that. <laughs> I, uh, uh, so I, I think it makes me feel good now, now that I know. Um, you know, I've, I've always had a fondness for uh, the search for Christopher Robin, too, back in the 90s. But, um, you know, a lot of good music came from that. And, you know, my reward is, 
you know, like I'll do a lot of conventions and I go to my uh, my kids' schools. I've been doing it for years. I have older girls and two younger ones, uh, junior high and high school. And, uh, you know, they'll occasionally ask me to come in and talk talk at a little mini seminar or what have you, uh, like career day or, you know. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm always the one, you know, then somebody's dad will be a, a lieutenant in the Army and someone else will be an attorney and another one will be a doctor and then there's me. And they, and they don't know what it is. So, you know, I, I don't I don't fit right in, but uh, but I people seem to get a heck of a kick out of it. And I enjoy the people's enjoyment, put it that way. You know, I mean, because I'm used to me, but uh, I imagine, you know, when, you know, I'm tired of me, to be frank with you. But uh, but, uh, you know, other people are not. So it's uh, I get a reprieve and, you know, to, to get the chance to put. And, and I could say a joy, a joy, a joyful smile on young faces, but the fact is they could be eight years old or eighty-eight years old, and they all still so, get a so kick true. out of it. Mm-hmm. So, so true. true. So growing growing so, up, did you ever imagine that you would be um, voicing two of Disney's most iconic characters, Pooh and Tigger? Uh, no, <laughs> I knew yeah. I was going to do this. Period. You know, I knew I knew that something was going to happen because you know I was. Uh, Doing dolphin noises when I was in first grade in the back of the room, and, and Sister Mary Agnes just couldn't get enough of that, you know. Uh, and so, uh, I, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in the in the corner, but uh, but it worked out, you know. Monkey Hour worked out for me, and uh, wow. I always knew that I would do this. And I, I and I, there's a story I tell. I, I must have been five or six, and there's an old black and white TV show, the Jack Benny program. And he's an old-time comedian, and Mel Blanc was one of his guests on the show. And he, right. he'd come out, he'd do shtick, and he was always doing voices, you know, different characters, different different accents and everything. And, and uh, I remember my dad saying, he goes, you see this guy right here? I go, yeah. He goes, you know who that is? I go, no. And he says, well, he does, he's got, he, he's got does all the voices for all those things you watch on Saturday morning. He's Bugs Bunny and Tasmanian Devil and Daffy Duck and Sylvester. And I thought, you're kidding. And it was just this one guy. And all I, re- I remember thinking, well, I bet he never had to stand in the corner, you know. <laughs> and, and he certainly doesn't have to stand in the corner now. So uh, I just told myself, well, I'm going to do that. People like him. He's, he's happy, <laughs> you know. What age were you when you got your first official role in the job you always knew you wanted since you were five? Well, you know, I, I, had, a, I had a couple of goals. It was going to be a drummer, uh, an artist, uh, a painter, or, or a, a singer, mm-hmm. and, and a voice guy, an actor. So uh, I got some of those other ones out of the way first. I was in a real popular band when I was in high school. I was the drummer, and then I was a singer. Then I, when I moved to New Orleans, I, I designed and painted uh, Mardi Gras floats for Comus, Momus, and Proteus, some of the old. Uh, Mardi Gras cruise. So I, you know, I was kind of going down my my checklist, and I said, okay, you know, at one point I said, okay, it's time to do this, and then I moved to California from New Orleans, and, and then I made my first demo tape, and that was, um, I think, I was thirty. I was about thirty. Yeah, I was thirty years old, and then I got my first job. I was very blessed. I was very fortunate. I'm grateful to this day. And it was, of course, for Disney Channel, a brand new venture that Disney started up, something called cable TV. <laughs> And uh, so, you know, 
the rest is, uh, it really is history. You know, from there, I, I, I landed my first job, and then that one led into another, which led into another and went to another. And now here we are in 2020, I get to talk to you guys. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's so a truly, truly incredible. And especially, you know, to, to, you know, seek out your passion that you had at five years old, and you're still doing it today and, and you know, working all the time. So it's, it's truly amazing. And did, um, did you ever meet Paul Wenchel and Sterling Holloway, um, the oh, original yeah. voices of Tigger and well, well, you know, uh, Sterling, I didn't meet him per se, but many moons ago when I first, first moved to California, my wife and I were down in Laguna Beach, and uh, we were, were sitting there. It was a little before lunch, and there was really nobody in the diner, in the restaurant. We, we thought, okay. And so the, we hear the waitress walk over there into a corner booth, couldn't see who was there. She said, well, have you decided yet, sir? And, and, and we hear this voice, and he goes, well, I believe I shall have the chowder. <laughs> and I went, and I mouthed the words, Winnie the Pooh. And and, and, uh, and I, because I knew who he looked like, because he had done bit roles on television series and a couple movies. So I went up and I casually grabbed a napkin from another table and I snuck a peek at him. And God bless him, he, he looked like a little old albino crow. He had all this white hair sprouting all over, cute as he could be. And it was all I could do. And I went, of course, to this day, I wish I went up and introduced myself, and he wouldn't have cared. But uh, I mean, just the idea that, that that I would have ended up, you know, taking his place when he passed away. Uh, and but I did, you know, and I, I wish I did. But uh, but as far as Paul Winchell, I, I I met his daughter April. She used to be with a, a advertising company named Shyatt Day, and she was a, a copywriter, and she was a, a voice talent herself, and she was a very gifted comedian, and. And we became friends, and um, years later, uh, when, uh, you know, they started the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh, I, I went in to, uh, I had not met Paul yet at the time, but um, I went in and I auditioned for, I think, Eeyore, Owl, Pooh, and Tigger, and I really felt good about Eeyore. Mm. And, and uh, you know, because, uh, you know, you get a feeling. And, and uh, so my agent calls me about a week or so later, and she goes, well... I'm sorry, but you you didn't get the job of Eeyore. Aww. I said, oh, really? Oh, doggone it. And I said, well, well, who did? I'm just curious. She says, Peter Cullen. And, of course, Peter Cullen's amazing. So anytime you lose to Peter Cullen, you can't, you got no complaints. <laughs> you know, you know, so uh, so I said, well, you know, be that as it may. She goes, however, they, they did give you another one. And I said, well, oh, oh, okay. And I was thinking, well, maybe Owl. And she goes, you're Winnie the Pooh. Oh, <laughs> I said, I said, well, okay, that'll do, you know. Bury the lead. Yeah, I know, I know. And then, and then she says, oh, and by the way, whenever Paul Winchell is out of town, I said, yeah, you're Tigger. Oh my gosh! Uh, wow. I said, and then my head exploded. <laughs> and, and I and I just didn't know what to do with myself. So. uh you know, and then of course, you know, you know, I, Paul and I struck up a friendship, and he was amazing. He was incredible, and at the time, he was going back and forth because it was the '80s, and there was this terrible famine in in Africa and Biafra, and he had a great idea that these little mud skippers, these little mud sharks that are in the Mississippi, they're kind of like giant—I don't even know what to call them—giant uh, salamanders, half fish, half weasel, who know nutria. But they're nutritious. They're high in nutrient, and you could raise them in mud and puddles. And he thought, well, if we could bring those over there, folks could raise those in the even in dr almost dry riverbeds, just get it a little irrigated. And they, you can—I mean, they're—they're they're not fine cuisine, but it's food. 
And uh, so he was actually going to Africa to cure hunger. So Knucklehead Smith, Tigger, uh, and let me cure hunger in my spare time, right? And wow. uh, he was he, he was just an amazing guy, and we became good friends over the years. And uh, and of course, I knew his daughter, mm-hmm. and I would uh, I would deliver messages between them sometimes, <laughs> and uh, it was fun. And he, uh, you know, I'll never forget. God bless him. He, you know, he came in one day. And we were at a place called Score One, and I think we were doing toys or something uh, or promos, something like that. And he had a, a guy walking him in. And he seemed a little unsteady. And, you know, he was an older fellow. So, you know, he was entitled. But he, he says, how you doing there, kid? I said, hey, Paul, what, what's happening? What's, what's going on? He goes, well, I had a stroke. You know, and everybody in my family's had strokes. So I kind of knew what was coming. And I said, oh, okay. Well, what's, uh, what, what's, what, what, what happened? And he, and he held his hands out at arm's length. And he held his palm to palm about six inches apart. And he goes, that's about all I can see, the space between my fingers. Everything else is just kind of gray. And I said, oh, my Lord, I'm so sorry, you know. And, and it was just a – he just kind of sat there, looked at the floor. And then I, I looked at him, and I said, so, so what does this mean? And he puts his hand on my shoulder, and he looks at me, and he goes, it means I want you to take care of my little buddy for me. Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. A wonderful that is so story. Sweet. Actually, Paul Wenchell has a connection to the Arinda Theater, which is actually the, the house of the um, the Voiceover Actors Hall of Fame, which will be, you know, the museum will be at the Arinda Theater. Paul Wenchell actually opened the Arinda Theater in December 29th, 1941. Wow. He was actually the oh. one who kicked it off. Yeah. Oh so that's God. quite a, that's the connection with the Hall of Fame, uh, the museum to Isn't be that there. Something? Because Paul Wenchell was there, yeah. And uh, we, you wow. know, we wanted to preserve uh, voiceover talent, and uh, for people of generations to learn about and discover the people behind the well, characters. Well, that's so great. And, yeah. So you being the first inductee, the the living legend uh, of the six people who are being inducted this Saturday. Um, this is congratulations, and we look forward to the. Oh, day, thank uh, you so much. Yeah, And definitely deserving of the award, too, because one of the things I love about your work, Jim, and I'm not knocking any voiceover actors. I mean, if I could get the gig, heck yeah, I'd love that. Uh, But one of the things that is so great about you is you really do become the individual character. I couldn't tell you that Pooh and Tigger from Tigger the Movie were voiced by the same person. And I think that that is such a testament to your talent. Oh, well, thanks, Mel. I, I... You know, that's what I strive for. I, you know, I, um, you know, my kids are, uh, you know, various ages in this time. And I can always tell whenever the, <laughs> whenever I'm, I'm, I'm being introduced to a new friend for the very first time, they're kind of sitting there with a half grin on their face and their eyes are wide. <laughs> and I'll say, well, hey, how are you? This is great. Oh, yeah, you're in the same grade? Oh, good. Oh, and you sit over here and they're, and they're talking and they're waiting, they're waiting to hear something. <laughs> this, it sounds like... Well, he doesn't sound like Darkwing Duck. He doesn't sound like Taz. He doesn't sound like Pooh. You know, so I, I, it's, it's funny because, you know, we voiceover people can really hide. And, like, for instance, Paul Winchell, he, he sounded a lot like Tigger. And, and, and John Fiedler, God rest his soul, he, he, he just spoke like Piglet. That was it. He was Piglet. There was no mistaking who he was <laughs> once he started talking, God bless him. And stay, stay with Sterling. You know, yeah. uh, a lot of people, they're just doing their voices. They have natural character in their voices, and 
and I don't have any, so I have to put some in. <laughs> well, you could have fooled me. You're excellent. Well, you well, definitely, definitely do it well. So, thank anyway, you so Jim, much. thank you so so much. Uh, we do appreciate it. And is any any chance that that Pooh can say, you know, Mel and Derek have a nice day or something? <laughs> well, I suppose so, Mel and Derek, but only through a small smackerel of honey. <laughs> You just made my year. <laughs> and don't forget to keep on bouncing. Otherwise, you'll be ridiculous. <laughs> and don't forget, I am the terror that flaps in the night. So stay dangerous. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm in tears over here. <laughs> Good. My mission is accomplished. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. Thank and you so much, Jim. On everything. My pleasure, guys. Well, Godspeed. Be well. See you soon. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, Derek. That was so fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for bringing Jim onto our podcast and all the wonderful things you do as our resident box officer. You're the bomb. Yeah, thanks. 